going to get into one of those topics that typically gets people a little bit riled up. Um, we've got a situation here that was developed last week with uh, the federal government announcing um, a change in their targeting. They want all vehicles sold in Canada to be electric by 2035, which is five years sooner than previously announced. And in reality, it's in lockstep with a lot of other countries. They're already targeting that, if not earlier in some cases. But there's differences between these countries, right? So let's get the facts here uh, around electric vehicles and what this announcement means. We're going to chat with Markham Hislop, who's an energy industry analyst and has done a ton of work on this move to electric vehicles and many other areas. Markham, thanks for joining us. Good to chat again. Good morning, Shay. So, okay, this goal that was set by the federal government of 2035, in reality, that brings us a lot closer to, you know, many other countries around the world that have already set that goal, if not sooner in some cases, right? Uh, That's absolutely true. The move from 2040 to 2035 is really not that radical. Uh, The uh, government didn't announce, uh, it said that it would uh, continue with its existing uh, policies, such as incentives, and it's going to invest in some charging infrastructure. There will be additional uh, policy measures that are that will be introduced here over you know over the next uh, few months, uh, but no details on them. Right. So this was really a kind of an incremental move. But I they think it, the the point here is the the importance of this is the trend. And uh, we saw a couple of, uh, about a month ago, the International Energy Agency brought out its net zero to 2050 uh, scenario mm-hmm. and urging governments to bring in, uh, you know, stricter climate policy and energy policy to get to net zero by 2050. And the two sectors, two out of the four sectors in the economy that we can really decarbonize quickly are electricity and transportation. And so what governments like like in Canada have figured out is that uh, while buildings and industry are difficult to decarbonize, pour your resources into the ones that are easier to lower emissions. And so I think what you're going to see uh, over the next little while is because Canada is already at 82%, you know, low emissions or no emissions in its power, in its electricity system, is they're going to put a lot of resources into electrifying transportation. That's what's really significant about this. This is a, uh, this continues the trend of, of more aggressive policy on the transportation side. And I would expect uh, that we'll see a lot more over the next, say, two to five years. And, you know, Mark, you, you talk about the trend, and uh, you, obviously we're seeing that, uh, the announcements, I mean, by the auto manufacturers themselves all over the place. Um, and you mentioned the incentives. When you take a look at what's happened, I, I think Norway, if I was, re- I was doing some reading yesterday, um, has really, really, I think the majority of new vehicles there sold are electric, but they heavily heavily incentivized this. What kind of things did they do that we may see happening here, do you think? Well, uh, Norway started at a different point. So Norway started early and when electric vehicles were significantly more costly uh, to to buy than an internal combustion engine. Uh, The cost of uh, EVs has, has dropped dramatically. Uh, the experts that I interview think that somewhere between 2023 and 2025 that uh, EVs will achieve price parity with uh, uh, with uh, internal combustion mm-hmm. engines. So, you know, if you go on to a lot and you're looking at a, an EV, it will cost you the same as the equivalent that, that burns gas. Uh, 
Um, so what we're seeing is that the you know incentives don't have or soon won't have to be as high in order to entice uh, uh, buyers to uh, to buy them. Uh, and there's other values involved. So, for instance, uh, you know, Alberta's having a bit of a heat wave, as most of Western Canada is. And I was uh, reading stories of people in their EVs where they would set it to, uh, like Tesla has a, a mode where you can set it and run your air conditioning, and uh, it'll run all day and take up very little of your battery uh, charge. And you can go out and sit in your uh, Tesla and be cool if your house is hot. There's all sorts of those kinds of uh, additional value that uh, consumers are, are beginning to understand and, and really like. So the, we, the, I, I was talking to uh, Sam Abelson-Mead, who's an EV analyst for Guidehouse Insights, and I think we're already, frankly, at the inflection point for sales where they're really going to rocket. Sam thinks that we're one or two uh, years away. But the point here is that EVs are really set to uh, to take hold in, in terms of their, you know, to grow their share of the automotive market. Okay. Now, every time we talk about this, Mark, I get the same texts. Um, for example, sure, electric vehicles. We're having brownouts from too many people running their AC units right now. Get real. We don't have the grid to handle it. Um, do we? Do we have the grid? Because I hear from listeners every time we discuss this, and we can't even, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to have to bring in diesel generators and on and on and on. We're going to have to increase power. That's going to increase emissions and on and on. I mean, we're talking about you know, 15 years until this has to be done, according to the federal government. Do we have the capacity and will we have the capacity to, to, to run this kind of system? Shay, I can tell you, I've interviewed experts all over North America and Europe about this very question, and every utility uh, is taking measures to upgrade their grid. And some of them are taking uh, very significant measures because they're anticipating this. And it's, I don't want to minimize, it is a, it is a bit of a challenge, because at the same time, the utilities are also integrating renewables and you know intermittency, that becomes a problem. But the industry is fully engaged with this. Uh, you know, tens of billions of dollars are being invested in modernizing uh, power grids. And, and they're planning and have been planning for a while now for electric transportation. So right from your neighborhood where you maybe need upgraded infrastructure all the way back to uh, throughout the power grid, utilities are, are uh, dealing with this. Uh, the Alberta Energy, uh, the, the uh, ASO in Alberta that runs the power grid released a report a couple of months ago of, of, that included these kinds of issues. So uh, there's absolutely no doubt I'm being told by utilities and, and, and experts who uh, on this topic that the grid will be upgraded to accommodate electric vehicles. Okay, so we don't have it now, but we will. Uh, they'll follow the trend and, and make sure they can handle it. Okay, um, now, uh, when we're talking about these vehicles, they're, they're talking about light-duty trucks and passenger vehicles at this point, right? That's what they're focused Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. 
we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Right. Um, is there any discussion in terms of, you know, larger vehicles, uh, buses, transport trucks, things like that, or are those sort of being uh, left on the back burner for now? No, that's a really hot topic. And so far, the, it's the provinces that have been taking initiatives. So BC and Quebec have incentives to begin to electrify medium and heavy-duty commercial vehicles. But there's a, it's not as easy uh, to, to do those. Uh, in some cases. Now, so for electric electric buses are great. Uh, there's a lot of money in the last federal budget uh, to support uh, bus electrification. Um, we're seeing some in Alberta, and Ontario, and uh, B.C. Are, uh, their transit authorities are adopting them in a big way. I mean, they're, they're quieter, they're cleaner, uh, cleaner they, they uh, less maintenance. So there's a lot of advantages uh, for, uh, for buses. Uh, delivery vans. You're going to see electric uh, delivery vans all over the place in uh, in the next few years. I think Amazon itself uh, has put in orders for 100,000 delivery vans worldwide by 2030. But on the uh, long haul trucking, for instance, and that that's a big consumer of, of diesel mm-hmm. fuel. Uh, that's much more difficult. And so there's a debate right now about where that's going to go. It could go hydrogen. The uh, transition accelerator at the University of Calgary is currently doing a pilot project evaluating hydrogen uh, uh, freight trucks between uh, Alberta and Calgary. So we'll see the result of that in a year or two. Uh, but, you know, manufacturers like Tesla are bringing out electric semi-trucks. So we'll have to see what happens when those, uh, you know, get on the ground and whether they, they prove out. So uh, the the heavier uh, transportation modes of transportation are being electrified or will eventually down the road shift to some other kinds of low carbon carbon fuels. But that will lag probably my guess is five to ten years the light duty cars and uh, cars and trucks. Okay, uh, and uh, you know a lot of people wondering, and I think it's a fair question in terms of our climate. I mean, although we're talking about Norway, which has a, a relatively similar uh, climate to us. Um, you know, are there concerns around, you know, the dead of winter, minus 30, does the battery hold up, things like that? Um, you know, where do we stand? Does our climate make us in some way an outlier in this electrical vehicle move? Uh, there's, no, there's no question that cold climate affects uh, battery life. And some of the estimates I've seen are you get, uh, you lose as much as 40% of your charge in cold weather. Now, the anecdotal evidence, because I have a lot of uh, uh, friends and, and social media uh, connections in Alberta who have EVs, and they report that it's really not that that big a deal. That for all intents and purposes, all they have to do is make sure that they plug in, you know, at the end of the day in in their garage, and they have all the electricity, you know, all the charge right. they need for the next day. That being said, there are much more powerful batteries. Uh, and lower cost batteries coming around 2025. We're going to see solid state batteries begin to enter the market. Uh, I did an interview with Dr. Peter Harrop from ID Tech X, uh, who is, uh, predicts that by 2030 we'll see 1,000 mile batteries. So, okay. You know, if you've got a, a, a super battery, 
that can uh, then you don't need to worry about uh, losing charge in cold weather. So there's a lot of technology and and other things like charging infrastructure that are coming that will uh, alleviate that problem. Though uh, probably cold weather uh, region jurisdictions like Alberta will probably be laggards in terms of you know compared to BC and Quebec. But Mark, you make a good point. We're talking about 2035, so let's say 14 years away from now. Um, the technology, the way it's advancing around this is moving so quickly. It Drawing a comparison to where we are today and, you know, the vehicles, you can only go, like we, I got a listener saying, you know, I live out in the country, I drive 100 kilometers to get my groceries. This isn't practical for me, you know, other people saying the grid's not ready and things like that, which may be true today, but in 2035, we may be in a completely different position. Just... Talk a bit more about the trends in electric vehicles and what we're seeing in terms of advancements and dealing with some of those problems that obviously they're aware of. Well, the interesting thing here is is uh, that this is, if you think of an S-curve, and I know that may be difficult for your listeners to imagine that, but it, generally what happens is that, you know, and they will be familiar with these terms like innovators, early adopters, and so on. So we're just getting past the early adopter stage where we're getting to where the you know for a lot of people electric vehicles are a practical solution but they won't be a practical solution for 100% of consumers right. so just the, the examples that you mentioned there and so those people will adopt further up the up the curve because it just you know when an electric vehicle becomes practical for them and and it might not be until 2035 or 2040 that those folks buy a truck but they will be at the very top of the curve sort of the end of the right. of the adoption process and i think that's the thing is is we have to think of this not from anecdote you know what how, what how that how, how does this affect me and therefore that'll affect everybody uh in the in canada or the united states or the global markets the trend is that there are lots of people at the beginning of the curve for whom electric vehicles are already economical and practical and they don't need the requirements of you know driving you know 500 kilometers a day or driving out yeah. into rural areas charging infrastructure so the while your listeners are absolutely correct they're correct for them not for you know a lot of, of the consumers who are considering EVs yeah, and, and it's and it's going to be a gradual process. Uh, last one for you, Markham. You know, as a country, we've talked a lot about being involved in the new uh, green energy industry and the emerging you know industry that we know is going to be there and is already developed in in a lot of ways. How are we doing in terms of a country and uh, you know getting involved in when you when you're talking about the shift to electric vehicles? There, there's money to be made. It's a whole new industry. Are are we doing anything with 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 batteries with with the vehicle construction itself anything like that is canada getting involved in this the way we should be well we were late to the game we were not one of we were not at the leading edge of that curve uh but we're getting into it now the last year year and a half we've seen a lot of announcements around uh, you know the automakers investing in ev manufacturing plants in ontario we're seeing uh, some battery plants being set up. Uh, we already have Canadian manufacturers of electric buses, New Flyer in Manitoba, Lion Electric in Quebec. We're getting into battery recycling, Lifecycle in Mississauga. And there's some exciting opportunities for uh, for Alberta. Uh, so, for instance, uh, two great companies, really exciting uh, companies uh, that strip lithium from fluids. So E3 Metals out of Calgary that uh, takes uh, strips lithium out of uh, oil and gas produced water, and then uh, Summit Nanotech, uh, which uh, has a, a, me a membrane uh, technology uh, that came out of oil and gas 
that strips it from briny underground underground briny water. And so there there's uh, lots of technology here that uh, Alberta can take advantage of. And I'm still I'm still a, a big fan of because once you get into EV manufacturing, you don't need the kind of economies of scale necessarily. You can do custom vehicles. And I've always thought, you know, that Alberta would be a great place to set up uh, EV truck manufacturing, mm-hmm. for instance, and, you know, suited to maybe uh, cold weather, natural resource extraction climates, you know, whether it's Russia or wherever, you have to do this kind of thing and, and manufacture, design and manufacture them in Alberta because you can, you can uh, do that now in a way you couldn't, uh, uh, you know, with internal combustion engines. So there's lots of opportunity. Uh, Canada, North America, Europe, and Asia are all competing to be, you know, dominant in this space and we need to be get on it sooner rather than later. We're making progress, but there's still much uh, progress to be made. Long way to go. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mark. I appreciate your time. Always a pleasure. Thank you. That is Markham Hislop, who is an energy industry analyst and uh, has just done a ton of work around this.